If you're postmenopausal or you have an irregular or no period, if you feel like you have tried everything, hired everyone, and can never seem to get results or gain traction, if you have no energy, have been dismissed by doctors, have struggled with any major medical issues, you won't want to miss this episode where my beautiful client and Midlife Mojo student, Christine, shares how she has gone from being exhausted and frustrated and stuck postmenopausal to consistent energy, feeling in control again, and having so much more mental space around how she feels in her body. Let's dive in and hear this incredible story of hope and inspiration. What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. Hey there, sister. Have you ever found yourself desperate to feel better in your body? I mean, I'm going to say yes. That's probably why you're listening to this podcast. But maybe you've tried everything over the years to end the cycle of eating habits that leave you feeling badly about yourself or or never being able to gain traction with consistent efforts. So you think that you may never feel good or release weight or, or you're just destined to feel stuck and frustrated and in a cycle of sabotage. You know, this was something that I definitely struggled with, but maybe you try to exercise and eat well, but just never have the energy you need to do it and constantly feel like you're always failing. Whatever it is for you, sister, there is an answer here for you. You just have to reach out and take it. And if you're hesitant about investing in another program that will make you feel even more overwhelmed and frustrated than you already do, you're not alone. (laughs) In fact, feeling overwhelmed and stuck is one of the most common things I hear from women suffering in perimenopause and menopause. But here's the thing. A program that helps you thrive in this hormonally shifting time doesn't have to be overwhelming or another thing you invest in that changes nothing. And to show you that, I'm going to share the inspiring story of my midlife mojo student, Christine, who finally started to find some traction and consistency that she had been searching for. Her example is proof that calming the noise and staying focused on one strategy that's designed for women in midlife and of course, some support, you can get unstuck and start to feel positive again. So today, I am beyond excited to welcome my student and my now friend, Christine, to the Period Whisperer podcast. Welcome, Christine. I'm so glad you're here. Hi, Bria. Thanks so much for inviting me to talk to you. So wonderful. It's my pleasure. I was telling you before this, I've been looking forward to this interview like for two weeks. And uh, it's just so nice to catch up and and connect and hear how things are going. So thank Mm -hmm. you for your time today. 
Oh, no problem. I'm honored to be here. And as you were talking in the introduction, I just kept nodding my head and going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hopefully that's <laughs> That's me. <laughs> I love, you're not alone, right? I think that's the thing is that it's just, and it's so common. I don't want it to be normal, but it's so common. You know, this is how I felt. I think, you know, we're going to get to hear about you and how you felt, but I don't want it to be something we don't talk about anymore. So um, um, I wish I'd known about this. 20 years ago. I really do. I think it would have made a huge difference in my life. Um, Better late than never, though. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that positivity. So let's talk a little bit about you, your life, your career, your responsibilities, stress levels, and your age, if you're open to it. Oh, of course. Um, Yes. So uh, I'm beyond perimenopause. I will admit I am 56. So I'm now firmly in menopause. And yet still have many of the same symptoms, the hot, the constant hot flashes, the inability to sleep, um, you know, so the, those, those early perimenopause symptoms do continue on into menopause, you know, you're stuck with them for quite a while. So, you know, when you can do things uh, to help mitigate that, any tools that you can have to mitigate what happens during perimenopause and menopause are, are welcome. But as you say, no one talks about it. Like I didn't. I know doctors, whenever I'd go to see them, they'd pat me on the head and say, oh, it's just perimenopause. But I was like, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's the time leading up to menopause. I'm like, well, what does that mean? I had no idea. Um, you know, and I felt a little like crazy because they kind of treated me like I was crazy. But anyway, I'll start from the beginning. Um, <laughs> I know this is only a 30 minute podcast, but <laughs> no, I want to hear it all. Give it to us. <laughs> so since I was 18, I, I hadn't had a period by the age of 18. And so I went to the doctor and he just gave me the pill because they needed to start that, you know. So obviously, hormonally, I was having issues right from, you know, square one and then was on the pill for years and years uh, and then got off it, you know, probably in my late 30s and tried to kind of power through it naturally. And, you know, things were they were never regular. Um, There's they were often heavy and lots of cramping and lots of pain and and they they were a problem. They weren't something I welcomed. Um, but you know, and of course I didn't really know how to work with my periods. I mean, I knew I felt really tired and angry and depressed in the days leading up to it. And then I felt exhausted during my period. And then, and then I might feel, I might feel like I wanted to hang out with people and go out somewhere and I'd say, let's get together. And then like a week later it would come and I'd be like, I don't want to leave the house. Why did I do that? <laughs> what was I thinking? Yeah, so I kind of understand. Well, actually, that might have a lot to do with what the cycle was, but but my cycle was never normal or anything. And then, as I got older, I started having problems, and they said, "Oh, I think we've you've got endometriosis." They didn't really check it; they just they said, "Well, I think that's what you've got." And so they put me on the pill again, and then I had a, stro- a mini stroke. And the um, and up to that point, I kept going to the doctor saying, "There's something wrong. I feel like there's something wrong with my body." And of course, they said, "Well, you're just getting used to the pill." you know, uh, patting me on the head again, here, here's some antidepressants, you know, so it's very frustrating to be a woman, uh, trying to get answers when, when you're dealing with, again, hormonally driven issues. Mm-hmm. So when I had my little mini stroke and ended up in the hospital, the doctor there said, we're taking you off the pill. It's probably the pill, but the doctors all said, no, no, it couldn't have been the pill. Anyway, that's another story. So issues, issues with my hormones all the time. And then, uh, coming to this job, which, um, you know, so what am I? I'm 49 when I come to this job. And I've lived in New York. I've lived in London, England. I've traveled. I've switched jobs every couple of years, building responsibility, more, you know, more experience. 
And I've basically been able to handle things, but I come to this job in this small town. So I'm the right now the currently the head of a unit in, a, in an academic library. And uh, I found myself under my desk crying all the time, crying on the way to work, crying on the way home from work, crying in my bed, crying on the weekends, crying at night, crying all day. Uh, and I just couldn't stop. It was awful. And I couldn't handle anything. And I'm like, how is it that I've been able to handle these massive changes in my life? And now I'm, I can't, I can't function. I had to take a couple of weeks off actually, and just kind of tree bathe until <laughs> I could get my sanity back. And again, the doctors just kept, I thought I was literally going crazy. I even went to kind of like the local mental health place thinking this, I'm going to have to check myself in. I don't know what's wrong. And you know, they kept trying to give me antidepressants, <laughs> but they kept saying your depression is situational. I.e., it's your job, right? I'm like, yeah, but why am I having so much trouble? I've never had trouble like this before. Again, none of the doctors would have said you're going into menopause. Periods were so heavy, so heavy. I just stand in the shower and let her rip. <laughs> stand there because you, I just the bleeding was just insane. So finally, someone sent me to the gynecologist and said, "Yeah, there's nothing wrong with you." And then, like maybe a couple of weeks later, after that, wor the worst one ever, it stopped, you know. And 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 I think the body does do a big fireworks display, yeah. or it kind of shuts down, you know. It's kind of I don't yeah, know. It's a big, yeah, the last hurrah. <laughs> yeah. So all those who aren't quite menopause yet, be aware that. And I've talked to other women going to menopause that the the periods in the year leading up to menopause can be some of the worst you've ever experienced. But maybe with the program like this, they don't have to be. Again, I had no idea what was happening or what I could do about it. Um, it so super emotional to hear you say that because I can't imagine going through everything you went through and not having any answers, not having any support and really just being completely dismissed. Like it's it's heartbreaking to think of. But it's not unusual. You know, I talk to other people here and the same thing happens to them. So anytime I do meet a woman around my age, I bore them to death with my stories to say, look, here's what's happening and here's why it happened. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I read this article by a CEO of a major company where she said I was hiding under my desk crying. And I said, oh, that was me. And she said it was menopause. And I'm like, oh, oh, now I understand. I, I was going crazy, but it wasn't. It was menopause. Mm -hmm. You know, it was my it was my hormones fleeing my body. <laughs> You know, <laughs> it has a huge impact. And of course, again, I had no idea. They don't talk about it. They talk about puberty, but they don't talk about menopause and how, you know, they talk about women getting crazy. And, you know, they, they, there's always this idea that you're, you know, your wounds moving around your body and creating hysteria. Like, I feel like doctors still learn that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. you feel, like, you feel like you're going crazy because yeah. no one talks about how intense menopause can be it's not the same for everyone oh it's it's, it can be really intense but you're right like it's the lack of education you know around such a significant hormonal shift that has like left women to just suffer because for most women obviously like genetics will always play a little role but for most of it what we're now learning and what we now know is that it doesn't have to be that bad just like you know postpartum depression or or even like how tough puberty can be for some kids now we have support and structure and information and knowledge and yeah. until like you know recently and with programs like this you know we just we just accepted it as it is what it is and that's what everyone told us and it's it's just wrong <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so 
Here's one of the other things I'm sure people are familiar with. Every time I go to the doctor, they say, well, you have to lose weight. You have to lose weight. And I'm like, oh, gee, I've never tried that before. (laughs) (laughs) No need to be sarcastic. But since the age of 13, I've been dieting and I just keep getting bigger and bigger. And I've tried everything, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I've tried the cabbage soup diet. Uh, back in the day, it was low, low um, fat, yeah. and then low carb, and then keto, and then intermittent fasting. And recently, uh, I said, well, I'm going to follow what the doctors are saying, calories in, calories out. I'm yeah. going to cut my calories way back. I was eating like 1200 a day. And I'm going to up my exercise. And so I was wearing my little Fitbit and I was like doing 10,000 steps. And I was taking the stairs at work every day. And I was getting my 30 minutes of exercise and my heart rate was the whole bit. Um, I even joined an experiment at the university for people. They were doing some kind of diabetes experiment where they had you on this bike and they made you do this intense exercise every couple of days. Because I thought if I get back to that intense exercise, because I used to be a member of the gym and I'd go and I'd work out and I'd do the whole thing. And I thought I need to get that feeling again of that that good kind of tiredness where you felt you've done something good for your body. And it just, it was absolute torture. I was in pain. I hurt and I felt sick all the time after doing this. And it wasn't giving me that same result. Um, And when I, when I used to go to the gym, I'd work out for an hour every day, weights and aerobics. And the coach would say to me, oh, well, you're still not losing inches. She says, so you're going to have to work out two hours a day. And she said, oh, I don't have the energy or the time. And I just said, well, I guess I'm just going to be fat and out of shape. Like that's, I have to accept that. That's Did, I guess did any of these things work for you at all? Like did some work for maybe a couple of weeks or a month and yeah. then go back? Like, is that sort of, or was it that you could get traction, but then it wasn't maintainable? Yeah. Well, when I was younger, of course, things would work, uh, work fairly well. And so low carb always worked for me, but I couldn't maintain it. Right. But You know, it would work if I wanted to lose weight. But as I got older, low carb didn't seem to make any difference. If my husband went on it, of course, he'd lose all sorts of weight. But when I went on it, it difference not, in our hormones, <laughs> right there. Yep. So my last attempt was that I, I kept I had a nap and I, I wrote everything down and I tracked everything. And I, for five months, I followed it. And the app kept telling me you should be losing 0.5 pounds a week. So nothing crazy, two pounds a month. And by the end of five months, I gained two pounds. (laughs) So I just, so the next time I went to the doctor, you should try and lose weight. I just said, I'm, you know, I can't, they don't believe you. They think you're pulling a fast. So I'm walking my dog every night. Cause I mean, I walk the dog all the time. I'm always walking and I'm listening. I'm like, I, I'm so desperate. I'm so desperate. I don't know what to do. Um, I'm I'm getting a little teary myself. <laughs> and I I searched for like best podcast about menopause or something. I can't remember what I searched, but your podcast came up uh, or someone had recommended it on another podcast. Anyway, and I started listening to it. And there was something about your way of your I don't know what it was, but I was, it really appealed to me the way you spoke of this. And I kept walking along like a crazy person talking to myself going, yes, yes, as I was listening to your podcast. And it seemed all very reasonable to me, mm-hmm. especially this idea that as you get older, these things won't work anymore. Mm-hmm. And going all out with super hard exercise isn't great for someone, you know, for your hormones as you get older, things change and like just looking mentally at how everything changed yeah. and you know it stands to reason physically 
uh, things are different too. Your body's going to respond differently to everything. So it all made so much sense. And then when you offered the midlife mojo, so I've never wanted to ask anyone for help. I've never been a team player. I've never been who someone who's grown joined groups or, you know, thought, oh, a community will help me. I've always tried to do things by myself. I mean, I'm an archivist. And so my whole career is about working alone in a basement so I don't have to talk to people. So the idea of joining uh, this midlife mojo and joining a community and having a coach uh, was kind of, you know, hard and foreign for me. But I thought, you know, what I'm doing up till now isn't working. So I think I really like the sound of this Bria lady. She sounds fantastic. <laughs> Um, I think you offered like a free 30 minute, uh, just, you know, question and yeah, cute call, call yes. to hop on, see and answer any questions that you had. Yeah. And I found you so helpful and so inspiring. Uh, and also I, I had tried coaches before in the months leading up to this mm-hmm. and they were lovely, but they were young. They were in their twenties. And so when I'd say, I can't lose weight, you could see the, by the look in their face, they were being understanding and listening, but you could. Uh, and maybe I was reading into it, but they couldn't understand why just cutting out calories and cut, you know, exercising more wouldn't work. Like, I think there's, when you're in your twenties, you can't even conceive that there'll be a time yeah. when that stuff you do won't work anymore. Yeah. So I wasn't finding a lot of understanding there that, but with you, because you're in perimenopause and because this happened to you, there's an understanding there that's so important for the coaching. I immediately felt seen and understood when I talked to you. And so I signed up for the program and I'm so glad I did. I love that. And I'm, I'm so glad you did too. I, you know, connecting with you and being able to call you a friend, I'm calling you a friend. I don't know if you're going to call me a friend, but we're friends now, according to me. Oh, good. Well, I, you know, to me, to me, you're a celebrity because I was listening to voice on the podcast every night. Uh, but you know, that's great. I'm so glad because you've been so, uh, supportive of my attempts <laughs> at wow. trying to turn, turn my wow. health around. <laughs> you know, I'm so it's, it's amazing to hear you share that piece around not, I mean, look, I think I've, a lot of women will identify with not wanting to ask for help. I think that's a normal thing, but even just this you know, never, you know, being feeling resistant to join a group, to be a part of a community. I absolutely get that, you know, as someone who shockingly is a bit of an introvert, you know, I think it's a normal thing. And yet what was so, I think, powerful about you, Christine, is that you came in and you just showed up. You just, even though, even though you had all those fears or you had all those discomforts, whatever you might want to call them, you came into the program and you showed up, you showed up in the group, you showed up on the calls and, you know, Let's talk about what happened. What was the experience like for you? So the first three three weeks were hard because things at work were crazy and I couldn't let go of my caffeine, you know. Um, I couldn't let go of well, we were we were working out of a house where we were this w- woman had died and we were emptying it of, you know, and it was just we none of us wanted to eat. We wanted to just get it done. And so I wasn't eating. I was just drinking coffee and I like doing all these things that of course were putting the hormones in chaos. So it was very hard to let go of my, my habits, yeah. you know, but after the third week, I finally managed to start implementing the things you've been telling us. So I was a little late. I was behind the other members of the group, but once it started, I started implementing things. Once I started kind of just like saying to myself, well, don't worry about carbs don't just is it nutritious is there protein am i getting enough protein is this is this going to support 
me in trying to heal my hormones. And the idea that I didn't have to do crazy hard exercise right away, you know, like I could just walk the dog and that was enough. And I'm like, cause that's all I can handle right now. And I'm doing that. So I felt, okay, at least that part of the program I've got under control. It was a little overwhelming at first, the information, but I thought if I just implement even one thing a week, it eventually will grow to be some really good habits. And it has, it has happened. So by the second month, I was starting to feel better about what I was doing. I was following the program uh, for the most part. It's a little harder when you're in menopause because you don't have the month, the weekly like parts of your cycle that you can kind of, I mean, you can do it by the moon and stuff, but it's not as easy to follow the cycle. But still, still, I did have a, you know, I did have a, a way to follow. And then Thanksgiving came around. Now I have, I have storm eating and binge eating, like eating was the way to numb how I was feeling or to deal with stress. I was eating for dinner, just giant bowls of popcorn. Like that, that was, I, that was what I was eating. Like I just wasn't, there was no nutrition there. So I was making stews and I was making, you know, eating better, more nutrition. And when Thanksgiving came around, instead of abandoning all my good habits, because it was so easy to come home from work and go, I'm so tired. I'm just going to go back to the way I was eating before. And I was very scared for this program. I thought I'm, it's not going to work for me because it hasn't worked for 50 years. I'm going to go back to the way I was eating and it's going to be, I'm going to waste my money and I'm going to waste my time. And why am I doing this? And it's, I'm going to fail. That was my attitude at the beginning. But at Thanksgiving, I didn't, all I wanted was a chicken breast, some vegetables, I didn't buy the pumpkin pie. I didn't want the booze. Like for some reason, I didn't just didn't feel like doing it. And I, so it, it wasn't even like an attitude change. It was just like my body going, no, I'm kind of like it here better than the other thing. And I didn't crave popcorn at all, or it, it was pretty miraculous actually. Um, and that gave me a lot of like, hope or you know willpower or something to stick to the program now i'll admit by the third month i had honest to god lost two real pounds it's not as much as other people were having but i'm not in perimenopause i'm older it's going to be harder for me to lose weight mm. but i did see it was starting to work but it was working in other ways mentally I was able to control what was going on and I felt good about it. I used to have negative talk every night. Every night I'd eat my bowl of popcorn or whatever and say, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? Are you trying to, no wonder you're so fat. What's, why are you, you're so stupid. Like this kind of talk all night long. That talk went away by the second month. Cause every night I, I, I was just doing the program and I was feeding myself nutritious food. I was eating more than ever, frankly. Yeah. But it was all stuff that, you know, filled me up and kept me full. Mm. And I'm sure people are listening to this going, well, duh, but you know, oh, no, having They're disordered not. eating since I was 13, it didn't, it wasn't, uh, you know, obvious. I felt I had to be cutting calories or eating keto or whatever to have any kind of weight loss. So um, now it's December and there's been some Christmas parties, but I, my body's going, like I had some whipped cream the other day and oh God, I got so sick. I'm like, aha, now that the chaos and the noise has kind of gone down, now I can hear my body saying, whipped cream is not your friend. And not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> so miraculous things are kind of happening mentally and physically. So the weight loss might come. 
I'm going to, I mean, again, I'm 56 and it's 50 some years of abuse of my hormones. So it's going to take longer than three months for me, Mm. but definitely at the three month mark, something was happening both mentally and physically. So I'm so glad I signed up for this program. The coaching was super important. Having you there to ask questions and talk to was really, really important to my success. And having the ladies also in the in the community egging each other on in our Facebook posts and stuff, it did help. You know, I didn't get to know any of them very well, but I found their feedback kind of made me feel supported and helped uh, with the program. So I recommend it was a very good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I'm so I'm you know, I'm so grateful to hear you say all of that and even just to hear you kind of make that shift in yourself where it's you know, at first you kind of said, it's going to be harder for me because I'm older, but then you're like, no, it's just going to take longer. And I think that's, you know, that's such a powerful statement to share that I hope everyone listening hears is that, yeah, we don't, we don't get here overnight. So it's not going to be overnight that it goes past, but it will work. And for you, it was really, it is really beautiful to hear you kind of talk about it and hear your words and recount that, you know, that you were eating, able to eat more. And just when we calm the stress and the chaos in our body, it doesn't have such a massive energy demand. So these decisions around like making different food decisions become way easier when your body's not screaming for energy in foods that, you know, we know we're just going to bother it more. It's kind of almost like a bad drug addiction, right? It's like, we know we know the heroin's not good for us, but we yes. take the heroin. We feel a certain way, and then we feel awful, and then we go take more heroin. <laughs> it's just and that a- was that was the thing. Popcorn every night. The mouthfeel of popcorn, the mindless eating of it, the crunch, something. But I felt sick after it every time, and I'm like, "Why are you doing this? What is wrong with you?" And it was. It was kind of like I had decision exhaustion. I couldn't make any decisions or I didn't know what to cook for myself. Like I just, I didn't feel like cooking for myself. You had no energy. I remember you saying that as well. Zero energy. And uh, now admit I I signed up for something called HelloFresh where they, and I just picked the uh, the healthy options. So it was basically meat and vegetables. So I did have, I did need a little help in terms of planning meals. Cause for me, that's a real, I just don't like planning meals and I don't like cooking. So it's a little tough. So that did help me in terms of getting a healthy and with those recipes they sent me now I use those to make healthy stews and stuff. So, you know, that was also part of it. Just finding a way to get my meals at night ready. Yeah. And and that's half the battle too, because coming home from work exhausted and just going, Oh, look, there's some popcorn. Yeah. I think what's so amazing about that, because I think that's something, you know, we all have to look at it with our lives and how busy they are and, you know, whatever we all have going on and what, you know, what resources we have available to us, we do want to look for tools that make our life easier if we can. And, but when you're in that chaos or when you're in that tough cycle, it's hard to even have the bandwidth to think of tools that could help us, I think. So even just, because you could have ordered HelloFresh for years, you know, it could have been a thing. Yeah, this this seemed, it made sense. The two kind of came together, this program and then having uh, access to this service. Yeah. Which, you know, which we didn't have a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's indulgent, absolutely, but uh, you know, it really helped get me started on the right path too. Plus, you provide recipes too. Now I feel I have the bandwidth to actually take them and implement them, which, mm-hmm. which three months ago I did not. Mm. 
I love this, Christine. Thank you. I think you were very vulnerable and I appreciate you so much sharing that piece around, you know, that that mindset or that mental load that comes from when we are not making decisions that we feel good about or that are in integrity with our body because we really do. And I've been there too, where you make decisions and then you just spin in your head about the shame or the guilt around those decisions. So much shame around what I was doing and the shame is kind of gone. I mean, it, it could come back, uh, you know, but, but now I just have to do what I was doing and the shame is kind of gone. Yeah. Well, we're going to make sure it doesn't come back because you're joining us again for midlife mode. Right. I'm really excited. Yeah, I think, I think that's this, I think the six month mark will bring success. Yeah. Uh, I was even surprised that something happened at three months. Cause I thought, you know, there's no way, but, but it really did. It was starting to happen. So um, just taking a little break over Christmas, but actually my body is screaming to go, to go back to what I was doing. It was just a way more comfortable place. It really was. So unfortunately we had a giant storm and there was no electricity. And so, and then we had, you know, office Christmas parties. So there's been a lot of pizza in my life, but I really am. My body really is saying, wow, um, let's go back to what we were doing before. Cause it felt so much better. <laughs> I love that. And you can hear it. Like you said, I think that's, Sometimes we need, I think part of being in a group, and maybe this is something you recognize too, is like having someone else to to point out the things that are working or to almost validate for you that like, you know, no, this is, this is, this means you're on the right path. This actually means it's working. It's that green flag going towards where you want to go. And, and the fact that you're now, that you can hear what your body is saying to you is a massive win because then you're like, great, it's it's a really simple, then you know really quickly if you're falling off the path or not and you just get right back on. Yeah, yeah. A lot easier to hear hear those uh, those shouts. Yeah. <laughs> you're hurting me. This is terrible. <laughs> Especially when you don't have the shame spiral in your brain. It's like yes. there's so much going on but if that's so loud you can't also hear I didn't even think about that before but you can't also hear what's going on no no um, I'm in a much quieter place now and uh, and yes it was great to see the other women going through the program and 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 uh posting what was happening to them yeah. because it you know it did keep up a, a nice momentum yeah yeah and forward together well, I was so grateful. I'm so glad that you took a chance and that you came in and that you did the work and that you are feeling better. I think that you're finding those answers. It's everything that I hoped for. So I really appreciate what a great student you were. Oh. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And it was worth showing up. I mean, I know not everyone can show up due to, to work and everything else, and but they always got the recordings afterwards. Yeah. I really wanted to take advantage. And of course, I'm someone who just, you know, you know how older people go into school and they're asking yeah. all the questions oh, yeah. people just don't really want to, but we're just like, I'm here. I'm here for a reason. I've paid for this. Yes. So get my money. All work. the questions. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I didn't uh, exhaust my colleagues in this with all the questions I had. Oh, I mean, I think questions, because some, sometimes when I'm, when I'm in a, in a situation like this, where I've joined something, I get oddly mute when I get on, you know, interview calls. So I really appreciated your questions because when there's people that ask questions, it's like, oh yeah, I had that question too. And I just didn't even know I had it or I didn't think it's like something shuts down logically in the brain. So I actually think it was a really beautiful gift that you were able to give the rest of the women. In the oh, good. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I'm, this is awesome. I've appreciated everything you've said, but what do you think, like one last question for you, I guess, is what do you think women going through 
you know, all these hormonal shifts that you seem to have got the worst end of the stick on. But what do you think women going through this hormonal shift really need to know if you could share one key thing about this journey? Uh, um, it's, it's not you, it's your hormones. <laughs> like don't, you're not going crazy. Well, you are, but it, um, but it does stop. You know, you do get through to the other side eventually. And um, there's so much out there now in terms of tools and ways to cope. Uh, you know, avail yourself of those. Look into, I mean, definitely listen to your podcast. It's uh, helpful. And talk to your, you know, your friends about it because I mean, our mothers didn't really talk about this or our grandmothers, but I think now we have so much information out there. uh, The more we share with each other, uh, the more we'll know and we can get through it without feeling like we have to jump out a window. (laughs) I love that. I think you're right. So, you know, validation and connection with more people. I think that, you know, is is probably one of my biggest takeaways and one of my biggest messages too. It's like educate yourself or, you know, recognize you're not alone and then find some other people to connect with because that's where we find answers and that's where we find solidarity. And I think that's how we're able to stay consistent in the first place, right? Is when you have sisters or people around you to remind you that you're not crazy, remind you that it's worth it and keep you going until you reach that three month mark. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much, Christine. I really, really appreciate you being here today. Oh, and thank you for having me. It was really great to talk to you and I'm so glad we're going to keep in touch. Yes. And I'm excited to do this with you in January. We'll see you and so many other women inside Midlife Mojo, but Sisters, you have heard it here from someone who's been through so much. And and again, thank you for your vulnerability, Christine. I think, you know, you've been through a lot and I know that it resonates with a lot of women, but sisters, know you're not alone. Recognize you're not crazy. You have a place here. Go out, be more in your life and not just less on a scale. And we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.